Do you have aspirations of getting married? Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, one day. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, right now, this is my main focus, but... Um, Uh, masturbating in the car, the pipe of one of my cars right now. What's uh, what's your beef this week? Well, my beef is uh, I wish they would make uh, I wish they would make uh, exhaust pipes a little smaller so that I could feel the suction on my dick. You know what I mean? I love cars so much. I just wish I could make love to one. Um, so your girth is 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 larger than the diameter of the exhaust pipe. Is that what you're? Suggesting? No, quite the opposite. I have the penis of a that's about the size of a tadpole. Oh, it's too small, so like you don't get the you don't get the vacuum. Yeah, I don't I don't get the vaccine. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that's why I didn't get vaccinated for COVID. I was afraid it would make my dick even smaller. <laughs> this isn't how we're supposed to start the show. You're supposed to ask me. What's happening on the... Uh, hey, website? Hugh. Hey, Jay wants to know. Not what are you doing Jay on, Leno. What are you doing on the website? What's going on on offbrandhorse.com? Uh, let me have a look. And again, I will remind our listeners that uh, if they also want to have a look, not even only during the podcast, but at any point during the week, um, you just need to pop along to offbrandhorse.com with no uh, punctuation marks or one word. And um, there you will see on the front page, emblazoned in white, some stuff under the heading recent. Mm. And I guess what, it's the same as last week because we haven't uploaded an episode of this podcast yet. So nothing qualifies as exactly recent. The last thing that ever happened on this website was Oh, no, actually, that's not true. What am I talking about? I I only last week, uh, maybe five days ago, put up the best of 22, wow. 2022 special of Project A+. So there is something that happened. Wow. So that's fresh content. That's less than a week old. That's fresh. That's what's been happening. Your doodles have gotten so uh, abstract of late. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it shows you the amount of uh, energy that I have to invest in, in these type of endeavors at the moment. 
Attention all zappers. It's 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 not like the abstract art of someone who is like fully versed in like figure drawing and proper representation, and then is just pushing the boundaries of what art is. This is this is the uh, the opposite side of the spectrum. You're an outsider artist. You're like that guy with that book. Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy with that book? Yeah, the book guy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let me start guessing based on uh, those details. Uh, let's some weirdo freak. He wrote this like bizarre fantasy book that's like 3,000 pages long or something like that. Yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. Animal Collective used one of his pictures on one of their albums. No, no, no. They, no, they didn't. They used an imitation of it, I believe. Oh, really? Okay, well. I think they, they still got in trouble a little bit, but I think it was actually not the original guy. Henry Darger is who we're talking about. I wasn't, it's not 3,000, it's uh, 15,000, so. Wow. It's called The Story of the Vivian Girls. I definitely want to read this. Did they have to settle anything? Uh, not according, I mean, if they did, it's not on uh, Wikipedia. Okay. And they didn't themselves decide to uh, update the artwork in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, just like they did with the title of one of their other records. Really? Which one did they do that for? Uh, it was a record called Here Comes the Indian. Oh, they just got it hard. That's so stupid. Fuck, fuck yeah. you. I look like they wow, get wealthy, go broke. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not all the reason I was just suck so much. It doesn't sound like it's connected, but it happened in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement when this type of thing was happening mm. for like three months or so with various media outlets. Actually, their most recent album got surprisingly uh, positive reviews from places. Mm. What was it called? Uh, time time skiffs. Time skiffs. Yeah. Oh, wow. Time to kill myself. I clicked on uh, Painting With, their album from 2015. And there's a picture. I like uh, that record. It's okay. The one that I like that not, not that many people like is uh, Centipede Hurts. I like that one. Quite I like that too. Um, but Painting With. There's a picture of, um, I don't know, it's, it's you know, the Animal Collectors guys. There's Panda Bear and uh, A.V. Tear, and then I think it's Deacon. Deacon is wearing a, uh, a Criterion Collection shirt uh, for the movie House that I own. So, <laughs> so this could be the last uh, album. Hey, what are you eating? What's this? What are you this talking about? This is supposed to be the good podcast. <laughs> but for the food Some away. people have mesophonia, you know, it's real. Yeah, I don't care. Well, we can listen to another podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm going to just chop on this real quick. I'll put it away, I promise. Like, I, I will concede that Animal Collective are kind of annoying, and I'm a little bit embarrassed about owning a lot of their records. How many would you say you own right now? So, well, I usually have a phase with artists that I get into where yeah. I, I end up buying most of their records, even if I don't always end up like them. obsessing over those other records that I buy. Um, and they, they probably fall into that camp because they've bought records. I think I even have the Here Comes the Indian. Maybe no, it's it, worth more now. Yeah, it's edition, the, the unwoke version. <laughs> I, think, I think I have that. Mm. Never heard it once. So I think I have most of their records. I didn't get time skiffs. Mm. Was painting with the one before that? Yeah, time skiffs. Time skiffs came out last year, or so if that makes sense. Right. 
but I but I also haven't caught up with bands that I kind of file in a similar category like The National and Spoon. Mm. They're like the the trio of bands I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> to have liked. You used to you used to like we we talked about Spoon all the time back in the day. And I would always make fun of you for liking them. I can't I kind of <laughs> still like Spoon. I, I feel most embarrassed about the National. Mm, yeah. Even though I, I could probably still enjoy like High Violet and Alligator. Stand up straight in the front of your love line. But like every new song of theirs just makes me question why I ever liked them. Did you, what was it, that one with, the, what was it, Phoebe Bridgers? Yeah. That's good, that was good stuff. Yeah. Stand up um, straight in the front of your love line. I do think Anna Collective are better than the, those other two bands. And that they, yeah. they have more of an original sound than either Spoon or the National. But the the meaning they have for me, and this is something that that um, happened a lot with various acts, mm. is I got a glimpse of them mm-hmm. and I imagined what they were based on that glimpse. Okay. Now, with other artists, when I was growing up, this often happened from reading music criticism mm-hmm. about, like, albums I had never heard mm. and it would conjure up an idea of what that album would sound like. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that was like more meaningful to me than the actual experience of later listening to the record, because mm. I can't really live up to your wildest imagination about. Yeah, it. definitely. But it like evoked a certain feeling in me just from reading those descriptions. Mm. That's why, I've, even though most music criticism I can't stand and don't read, except for except for Pitchfork, the the practice of music criticism still holds a, pe- a special place for me as well because of that reason, because I grew mm. up reading those kind of terrible tomes that are like 1,000 albums, yeah, yeah, 1,000 um, best albums of all time or whatever. This was before the 1,001 X. You yeah, have yeah, to X to before you, you die. die. Yeah. That's, that, that, was, that was past my time. A later innovation. Yeah. But these were just like the old, like um, very like dinosaur rock kind of canon books. Mm. Uh, that Rolling Stone and other publications would put out every so often. Mm. Um, but I, I would love pouring over those. But it's kind of similar with Animal Collective. Not that I had read about them. In fact, I'd never heard of them. But my brother mm. bought the record of Feels, I think is what it's called, mm. the one with that album cover we were talking That's about. The, yeah, the Darger one. Um, and there's a song on that called Grass. Good song. And that was my like exposure to... Animal Collective, just just that song mm. initially, and like his like weird vocal dynamics and the off the wall nature of that track really spoke to me at the time, and I envisaged a kind of different band than they turned out to be. Mm. I, I envisaged them kind of cooler. Than they ended yeah, up being. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I loved Animal Collective for a long time when I was in college, and then after college, I was like, yeah, I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't have quite the same relationship. In fact, the first song of theirs I really got into was uh, Fireworks. Was yeah, high from school. Um, Strawberry Jam. Yeah, and then uh, after that, I uh, uh, I listened to Merryweather Merryweather Post Pavilion when I was uh, nineteen. I said I would say. And it's like yeah. right after I was going through an extremely uh, depressive depressive episode <laughs> when I was in college, and um, kind of uh, it helped. 
it, it did help. But it was like partially the changing of like my wife's circumstances, like a combination of stuff. But I was like, the, was yeah. like I always associate it with coming out of like that depressive or like almost like suicidal uh, period of my life. Um, you should uh, post a comment under my girls on YouTube <laughs> to say that this got me through a really dark time in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I do yeah. love, like, people say that about music, but it actually seems to be more common um, with, mm. like, clips from comedy podcasts. Really? Like That's the fucking top, insane. the top-voted comment. I don't know if, do you upvote comments on YouTube? It, it usually seems yes. to be at the top. Yeah, there's, like, likes and dislikes, I think. No, maybe it is upvote. I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, like, you look at tons of, like, excerpts of comedy podcasts and stuff. <laughs> And the top comment is almost invariably, mm. this got me through a really dark time in my life where I was suicidal and this was the only thing that broke me. God. It's, it's very <laughs> that, kind, that kind of makes you, makes you feel suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> you should reply to that comment and say, this comment makes you want to kill yourself. You should have killed yourself. Should I buy a pavement uh, T-shirt? Yeah, you should. So it's kind of like the equivalent on on comedy podcast YouTube pages. It's the equivalent of on any classic song posting, I wish new music sounded like this. <laughs> That's so funny. So the problem with getting a pavement shirt is probably my favorite. Uh, the two, My two favorite of their album artworks are Wowie Zowie and uh, Terror Twilight, okay? Yeah. Uh, and now they have a, just a plain Wowie Zowie t-shirt. That'd be fine, you know. What are the other options? There is a there. They have a Terror Twilight one that would be great, except for the fact that you know it's got it's got it's a long sleeve T shirt. It's got like a, some of the stars and the pavement and then Terror Twilight on the sleeves, right? Uh huh. And it has like the dog that's on Terror Twilight on the back. The only thing that stops me from just buying this long sleeve T shirt is that on top of the dog it has twenty twenty two tour on it. <laughs> I, I hate that, to a T shirt. Me too. I feel, if I maybe if I had gone to see it, it would have been fine. The fact that it's on there and I obviously didn't go to see it uh, means that, you know, I, I yeah. <laughs> don't want to get it. So I kind of, I'd rather, maybe I'll just hold out and, and get a, uh, get the, wait for it to do something else. I don't know. Mm. Maybe, should I buy a Steely Dan t shirt? <laughs> Definitely. What do they look like? Uh, they look like shit for the most part. So they have just record covers on them and yeah well they don't have a ton of stuff let's see there's some that have the <laughs> this one might be up here it looks so bad <laughs> I wish I could get the everything must go cover on a t-shirt would be so funny <laughs> oh that's but, awful that's great you should get that that is terrible <laughs> but you should get it I mean, we should describe that for the listener. It's a black hoodie mm. <laughs> and it just has Steely Dan in a similar font to most of their records, to be fair. Yeah. And Gaucho, again, similar font yeah. to the cover of Gaucho, I think. It's, on the, it's, it's, on, not it's like above right. the, uh, I guess it'd be the left nipple. Yeah, the, the it's, it's on the left breast. It's kind of a strange placement. The Stilly Dan is in like aqua blue. The Gaucho is just in white. So the color doesn't mm. match anything. Yeah, it looks bad. It looks like a brand name. It mm. looks like a brand name for like that type of jacket or something. Oh, I can't I can't get it. They don't have any words left. Damn. 
You definitely look like one of those people on YouTube who say it's the best album ever made. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, risen in my estimation to be like number two or three. So, Well, we disagree about this, but I do think that the people on YouTube who talk about either Gaucho or Asia make the album slightly worse. Yeah. It does, they do not, it does not make me think usually, that at all. Usually I can I can make that distinction and like no matter what they say, it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the record, but they do affect the enjoyment of those records for me. So not for me, bro. Not for me. <laughs> well you haven't you haven't endured as much of it as I have. I've endured any of it. So you should you should do that first. No. See if you could find her like 12 tracks of whack t-shirt or something. <laughs> 11 tracks of whack? How many tracks of whack are there? <laughs> it's, it's 11, right? It's 11, yeah. I'd see you as one. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, it's a piece of shit shirt, but this would be so great. <laughs> if you ever come you back to make one yourself. If you, if you ever come back to Minnesota, we have to get matchy the 11 tracks of whack shirts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we're going out of business. So should we have matching shirts or complimentary Steely Dan themed shirts? One of us should have a fake intro and one of us should have a... Have a uh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I come a Kyriad and 11 tracks of whack. They're also the same era. Approximately, <laughs> no, I feel, so. I feel like it'd have to be worth the cat and 11 tracks of whack. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a worth the cat shirt? I'm sure he toured it, so... Okay, well, that's a big one. What about Sunken Condos? No, I feel like come a Kyriad and... Um, They're definitely contemporary. Eleven tracks of whack. Because for one thing, I mean, I the moth the cat T-shirt I presume is black, not white. Because it's quite a dark cover. But you never know. I don't know. You do you, bro. Do do do. I do do me every day. Wow, is that what you've been up to yeah. in the past yeah. week? Yeah, I've been beating off my brain by playing Diablo 4. No, I haven't been playing Diablo 4. You've been tempted to buy Diablo 4, but somehow you've resisted the temptation. You e- you even begging me to stop you. Now, I was I was talking to one of my friends. Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, bro. And I'm sure this will be released in three three years. Who knows what? Well, it doesn't matter. You're just telling a story about your life. It doesn't have to match the actual calendar. I was talking to one of my friends, uh, and he was like, oh, you know, I, I, I'd love to get you. I was talking about, oh, I kind of want to get Diablo 4. I can't decide what to do. He's like, I'll buy you Diablo 4 if you want it to get it. Okay. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to. I don't know. Stop. stop don't, don't tell me these things. Okay. <laughs> and... Uh, and then I had a I had a soul search. We were talking about video games. He mentioned, you know, they're just super excited for uh, Final Fantasy 16. Okay, and I was like, yeah, that game is not that great. And then I was reading a um, a preview of it on a video game website. I was like, yeah, this game sounds pretty good. And then um, I downloaded the demo. I was like, this game is fucking awesome. <laughs> Why didn't I want to play this? So I'm going to get that instead. <laughs> right. So they keep more or less of a loser, do you think? Uh, I think Final Fantasy is cooler than Diablo. Why is that? And I say that as someone who has never played a Final Fantasy game in his life. Well, you will. Though I did watch my brother play 6 slash 3, and it looked good. Just call it 6, man. Come on. Come on. So what was so good about the Final Fantasy demo? Well, it seemed to uh, be... Because the thing that put me off it is it looked like they admitted as such that it was... Um, 
disgusting. Thank you. And you're complaining about me eating. <laughs> so the thing that put you off about it was the fact that it's disgusting. No, that was what you did was disgusting. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. Anyway. No. Uh, I was put off a little bit by the fact that it looked like it was heavily inspired by a television show named Game of Thrones. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And then I was reading uh, developments. Uh, I was reading, uh, you know, uh, articles about it and stuff. Yeah. And you uh, subscribe you... to Development Magazine. Yeah. Shut shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> Yoshi P, who is the producer of the game, one of the creative heads of it, and who is behind the wildly popular popular Final Fantasy fourteen. He's like the, what and underneath to Mario a lot of the time. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> now I sit here respectfully through whatever you want to talk about. And I listen to this. Yeah, this and you expected to chime in with witty barbs. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish this. <laughs> so, uh, I was really, you know, he, he, they admitted that they, or not admitted, but they discussed the fact that he made like all the developments he watched Game of Thrones before they made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that doesn't sound that good. But, you know, I really like Final Fantasy XIV a lot. I think, I think it is a really, you know, good storytelling. So him being in charge of it and one of the scenario, uh, the screenwriters, screenwriters, whatever, whatever it is, uh, of Final Fantasy XIV's, um, like the original and then one of the expansions, was like a co-director slash writer of this game. So I was like, you know, eh, I don't know. I don't know what... So- um, does 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 his lineage only go back to fourteen, or has he worked on the franchise before that? I don't know who he is. Uh, I think I actually don't know. But he's not the main Final Fantasy guy. No, no, no. Who is no longer with Square and hasn't been with Square since? Uh, ah, okay. Before ten came out, so he can't he can't do like a Yuji horror, hurry. No, yeah. Final Fantasy is not at the same level of uh, creative purity as Dragon Quest. So it did up until uh, I think um, up until nine. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, is it? So it's with M. M. No, Hironobu Sakaguchi. Ah, uh, no, I was thinking someone else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're thinking. But uh, basically, um, he was involved with every Final Fantasy game up until uh, I think nine was the last one he was like super creatively invested in. I think seven and eight kind of. Uh, were the company drifting away from him a little bit. But um, Yoshi Peer is, you know, that's the name he goes by. Uh, or his nickname, but it's, it's uh, Naokai Yoshida. He worked on some random Dragon Quest spinoffs. That was this. He got a special thanks, thanks on a game called Dude at Natural Ultimate Digital Experiment, <laughs> mm. which is... <laughs> This is so funny to me. Uh, it was a life simulation video game released for the Xbox only in Japan. So I assume there were like three copies that were sold. <laughs> uh, but mostly he's just worked on Final Fantasy uh, uh, 14. And he, he's the one who like um, like turned it around. Like he's like responsible for making it into a good game, essentially. Right. What happened to 15? I mean, 15, that's, that's like a whole other <laughs> can of worms. Because that game started, I mean, it, it kind of has a bizarre and fascinating um, backstory. 
uh, because that game started, it was announced as uh, Final Fantasy Versus 13, okay? <laughs> Back for the PlayStation 3, and, like, it got announced in, like, it got announced in 2006, okay? <laughs> and Tetsuya Nomura, who's probably best known for being the director, I mean, he's been at Square forever, He, he but he, like, shepherded Kingdom Hearts. Like, that's, like, his big thing. He's like he's like he is a character designer. I mean, he's directed a bunch of games, provided stories and stuff, and was you know, he's been involved in all sorts of uh, Final Fantasy games. He 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 he's kind of responsible. If memory serves, he's like, he's like responsible for the look of like Final Fantasy VII. We said like the characters, so he kind of uh, was the innovator of that. But he announced this game as like a spinoff of Final Fantasy Thirteen. Okay, yeah, <laughs> two thousand six. <laughs> That no one heard about it for a while. Eventually, they, you know, after years and years of development, they reannounced it as Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> and uh, I've I've played I've played maybe 20 hours of it. I've heard it's not that great uh, beyond that. So no no interest in playing that. Right. And Final Fantasy, you know, I feel like recently it's kind of like lost its its standing as like a major video game franchise. 14 accepted, and 16 is trying to. Trying to recapture it, but it has like uh, completely—it's all real-time combat. Really? And it, yeah, and um, it the we the guy who designed the combat, um, the last game he was involved with was Devil May Cry Five. You know, I, I see you don't know what that is. I know what Devil May Cry is. Yeah, so that's like a it, you know it's a uh, uh, I mean the term is like character action game. Right. Okay. And uh, you know, so it's very like uh, a comment that's most—it's you know—it's all real time. It's focused on parrying and, and dodging and you know doing attacks that way, and that is you know evident in this game too. So I, I you know, I, I like turn-based games a lot. So I was kind of like hesitant to play it. That was another reason. I was kind of like, eh, I don't have to get this. Um, but you know what? I, I booted up the demo, and uh, <laughs> before I even controlled a character, there was just a scene where I was just like showing this medieval battle, and there was like a, a like you know, fantasy, like, battle theme play. And the kind of, like, mixed into it was the main, like, Final Fantasy theme that's in, like, the, you know, like, the, uh, that's in, like, all of the games. And I was like, yeah. I started getting goosebumps, which is, I guess, is a little embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play this game. So, uh, tomorrow I'm gonna go to the store and buy a copy, because that's when it's coming out. <laughs> so how much does that set you back in comparison with Diablo 4? Same amount. Same amount? So which 70, is 70 bucks. 70 bucks. Right. I mean, it's not sending me back anything because, you know, I've, I've got money from friends. And my, my, the same friend who I initiated this anecdote uh, by talking about is like, I'm just going to buy it for you. So, fair enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it. I'm going to play it. And what's that on PS5? PS5. It's a PS5 exclusive, at least for the moment. Mm. Well, aren't you a lucky boy? The, dem- the demo was, uh, I thought it was extremely fun. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, bro. I do feel like I'm 
find things here and there outside of it. It's like transformed my life so much. What have you been up to, homie? <laughs> Can you guess what I've been up to? <laughs> yeah, watching Kay Chavez and sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it. Yeah. Mm. I do watch some K dramas as well. But I will say that um it's getting quite dark in the uh the Hamilton household. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last the last hey, uh, couple of maybe, days. Maybe you, should, maybe you should go to therapy. Have you thought about that? <laughs> the last couple of days, I just didn't even have a shower, right? Jeez. So occasionally I've been like skipping some days, mainly so that <laughs> I can extend the period of time in between having to wash my clothes. Mm-hmm. So if I like skip a day, I'm like, well, that's one extra pair of underpants mm-hmm. that I'll have to wear before I, I'm forced to wash my clothes. Right, because I I don't I don't relish having to walk upstairs, uh, sure. and put my clothes in a washing machine. Yeah, and pay four dollars to wash and dry them. Yeah, and potentially have to interact with a neighbor, mm. particularly Especially, one neighbor. Yeah, you're you're one like psycho neighbor. So I, I'm like, well, if I like skip every second day or something. Mm-hmm. That'll like double the amount of time I could possibly get away with not washing my clothes for an entire month. Maybe you should just stay in the nude when you're at home. What about that? Because <laughs> at the moment, uh, I have enough underwear to pretty much wash my clothes fortnightly, right? Mm. But if I skipped every second day, like I said, it would be a full month between washes. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be like saving $4 a month. <laughs> wow. Wow. And that's the exact amount that I'm being charged just to have my bank account because I don't have any money going into it. So, mm. yeah, we should definitely penalize the people who aren't getting an income <laughs> by bank, charging them bank the fa- fees. Banks shouldn't exist. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sure you're you're gagging to know what particular uh, avenues YouTubers. of YouTube I've no, sorted down. No. In my brief waking hours, because I spend most of the time asleep as well, I should say. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna not be kidding. Honest like, I go you. to bed. I th- that sounds like it does sound like you're actually depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I go to bed at like midnight, right? Uh, um, after enjoying several glasses of wine, uh-huh. I wake up hard about five a.m. But not wake up hard. Yeah, not not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I'm I'm startled awake, right? 
Mm. It's not just like, you know, a brief rousing before you slip back into the dream world. Mm. Well, I did not like how I phrased that. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I kind of, I go to bed at midnight. I invariably wake up about 5 a.m. and I can't get back to sleep, but I don't okay. feel refreshed enough to be able to get out of bed. Okay. I feel like I'll be too tired throughout the day if I do that and I'll have to go back to bed. So I start listening to podcasts to get to sleep because I can't get to sleep without that distraction. Mm. I can't just listen to my brain. It's horrible. Hey, so that, sounds, that, sounds, that sounds like when I was uh, uh, in high school and was severely depressed. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I'm listening to like several podcasts in a row because I can't get back to sleep. And then eventually I do at like nine o'clock or something. Mm. And because I'm going back to sleep at nine o'clock, I'll probably naturally wake up again at like 1, 1 p.m. Mm. And and usually if it's after midday, I'll be like, I can't have a shower now. The day's almost over, whatever. Mm. And there's like, I'll, I'll make breakfast. And it might be two by the time I like sit down in front of my mm. computer to eat my breakfast, drink my coffee. And um, I'll extend that out watching my, my usual morning YouTube videos Mm. for an hour or so and then it will you know it'll almost be like five o'clock and be like well it's nearly dinner time i should start getting ready for that when do you when do you, when do you beat your meat and then the day is over i think i think you should uh i think you should think about kidding yourself <laughs> no 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 but no <laughs> but i don't feel that sad well, that's not what be depressed is. Like if you wrote down every everything I'm doing in any given day <laughs> and gave it to someone and said, like, diagnose this person, mm. I get that it sounds bad, right? <laughs> okay. But yeah, I don't feel that sad. It's, again, it's not really about feeling sad. It's not what depression is. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I'm all right. I think I'm good. She'll be right, as they say in Australia. Well, whatever. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> I need a doctor. <laughs> Have you uh, started out looking for a job yet? Um, but anyway, I'm sure you're curious as to what I've been exploring on the platform YouTube. Uh, go ahead. The um, the thing that has fascinated me in particular is uh, YouTubers with studios. Mm-hmm. It always never fails to amaze me. Even though I understand there is a lot of money involved when it comes to like the really successful YouTube channels, but it just, it still feels weird that there are like studios behind like single creators. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not talking about brands or like something like Buzzfeed, which is like a media empire Mm -hmm. that has a YouTube channel. Yeah, I get what you mean. But like the like channels that started as one person in their bedroom that are mm. now like Channel Awesome Studios. Channel Awesome again is a little bit different because no, it's, it's like it's a collective it's being of people. It's being well, it's not it's not off the mark though because a lot of it was the nostalgia critic or like uh, angry video game nerd. Yes, his operation is is more modest than the ones I'm thinking of and the ones I've been mm. exploring. Mm. I watched a couple of like tech review videos. I think 
about the Apple Vision Pro when when that was a hot item. <laughs> uh, I watched one of those videos of someone who had like gone and actually used the thing and then spoke about their experience because I was curious. And it's a channel by a guy called Marquez Brownlee. Right? Mm. Seen some of his videos before. I actually think he's pretty decent at what he does. Um, mm. If I'm ever interested in watching a tech video. But um, because I had watched that, it recommended me a different channel. Mm. Uh, off the top of my head, I believe it's called Colin and Samir. It's the name mm. of the channel. Two guys who go around touring the studios of like successful YouTubers. Are they British? And, and no, they're American. Really? There's an American man named Colin. But it's these two guys and they investigate the creator economy as they term it or whatever they say. And... Um, Part of their output is going around and touring the studios of successful YouTubers and breaking down the costs. Mm-hmm. So I saw a tour of this guy, Marcus Brownlee's uh, operation. Mm-hmm. And it was like this million dollar loft, you know, with a, a suite of equipment and staff. And it was, it was just insane watching this video. And, um, that led me on to uh, investigating a channel called Mr. Beast. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have heard of Mr. Beast. I find uh, the limited content I've had with Mr. Beast to be incredibly disturbing. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I will say I haven't actually visited his channel directly or watched mm. any of his content directly. That's good. What I have watched is the tour of his studio mm-hmm. and some in, and a documentary about him because I found it all really fascinating and, and bizarre and kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. So the only reason I had ever heard of Mr. Beast is mm-hmm. because, and I didn't make the association until it was mentioned in the documentary, mm-hmm. is because of that Squid Game in real life stunt that he did. Mm, yeah. And I remember seeing it on the front page of YouTube because it was probably on everyone's front page yeah. of YouTube at that time. And, it, and, and knowing that I would never, ever want to click on that or anything associated with that channel, and I never did. Mm-hmm. But he is the single most successful like individual creator YouTube channel at the moment. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's doing, it's working, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like... He is the embodiment of YouTube because there is actually no subject to his videos as as far as I can tell. The subject of his videos, the content of the videos is making a video that people will watch, full stop. Mm. So it's all like stunts designed to get people interested enough to click on them. Mm. That's the whole business model. I mean, there kind of is a through line and I'll tell you about it, but for the most part, it's just this guy like obsessively thinking up stuff that will get people to watch YouTube videos. And that's, that's all it is. The only through line that I hinted at in his videos is him giving away money, right? So one of his first big viral hits, mm-hmm. he got $10,000 from the sponsor. And the title of the video is, I gave $10,000 to a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy begging on a median strip, mm. holding like a handmade sign. He crosses the road, gives him $10,000. That's mm. the video. Mm. I've only seen the clips of it that are in the documentary. I haven't seen the full video. But that, like, that 
particular thread continues. Mm. So there's one where he gets like pizza delivered to his house and he gives the delivery people a massive tip. And they're crying and hugging and saying, you're the greatest person ever. The squid game thing was people competing for money. And that's just the game show format. But (laughs) that's the closest he has to like a subject. So he also has like a separate channel that he started where he's, where it's all philanthropic. He started up his own food bank operation. You haven't watched, you haven't watched this at all at any point. No. This is all stuff I've gleaned from the documentaries and interviews that I've watched on other channels. Okay. And I'm just wondering what what you think of the Mr. Beast model of economic reform. (laughs) Uh, His redistributionist policies. (laughs) It is funny because he's like, he's like pointedly apolitical. Mm. Like he's made comments that he doesn't want to alienate people. He wants everyone to have a good time and come together to work together, whatever. It's always funny to me to be like, I'm going to be apolitical. And I think the solution to the issues in the world, such as, Mm. you know, access to housing and inequality is for wealthy philanthropists Mm. (laughs) to go out and like hand people envelopes of cash. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's great. (laughs) And it's it's never like... We need to take direct action. We need political reform. It's always, <laughs> mm. it's the Scrooge model, right? Where you're just relying on benevolent uh, millionaires to deal with the problems that, it, that yeah, happen the, to exist. The uh, noblest I oblige. So in, in effect, he's right wing. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like a lot of uh, uh, conservatives who, uh, you know, only give to charity and stuff to write it off their taxes. Uh, he seems to have bought his own poison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, according to him, he creates a cycle where he'll give away the money in the video. That'll be a big viral hit. So he'll get advertisers to give him money for the next video. He'll give away money in that video. Mm, yeah. Just slip a like couple, a you know, a couple, a couple, uh, $20,000, $30,000 into his own pocket, of course. But like the, the scale of his operation, it's like the studio he's bought is like an aircraft hangar. <laughs> and he bought uh, like acres and acres of the surrounding land. It's in. It's fucking. Did he insane. buy like the the like houses around his the suburb that he lives in? Too? He probably did. I'm sure he did. But I also discovered that he was a he's a reformed evangelical Christian, and boy, can you tell? Oh yeah, <laughs> he looks like it. He does. He's only 25. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been wasting my time on. I'm just so excited about Final Fantasy Bro. It's like the only thing I want to think about right now. Okay, I can't remember being this excited about any other video game. It's been a while. Any Cyberpunk uh, 2077. That's the last thing I got this excited about. Obviously, that was a heartbreaking experience. That was great. Should yeah. we should we talk about uh, the the sub? I feel like that's what every every podcast is going to be talking about right now. The sub. The sub that's gone missing. Have you not oh, heard about this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that sub got domed by the ocean. Mm. I feel uh, vindicated by uh, <laughs> decision not to. Yeah, decision <laughs> buy not to a waste about a bunch of bunch of money on this stupid shit. 
Oh, that's great. There's a British billionaire who's on the vessel. <laughs> I hope they're there's all a couple dead. Of, there's a couple of very wealthy people. Maybe yeah, three. <laughs> Why would I feel bad about them dying at all? There's a father and son from a really wealthy Pakistani family. Okay. Um, there's the CEO of some ocean Shit. explorer company. Mm-hmm. Who, who maybe is the one who's in charge of it all, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's a billionaire and there's someone else. Oh, and there's an ex, a Titanic expert. Mm. I think that's all five. Well, too bad uh, for them being dead, I guess. <laughs> Are they officially dead? Are they still hearing <laughs> banging noises or something? <laughs> Wasn't there? The yeah, haven't, they they run out of, haven't they run out of air now? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they, you know, if I were one of them, I'd be like, okay, this is the time, you know, I'm, I'm going to die probably. It's time to kill and eat one of my fellow passengers. <laughs> Maybe they did that. Why would they do that when they're all just running out of oxygen? It's not a matter of starvation. Well, if you kill if you kill someone, they won't be uh, taking up any more oxygen, will they? That's true, I guess. You wouldn't have to eat them, though, yet. You, you could wait a bit. <laughs> Although I suppose you wouldn't want the body. Yeah, you don't want it to rot. You know, it's, it's yeah. not going to be, I don't know how cold it is, though. <laughs> shitty submarine like that. But I feel like you expend a lot of oxygen in the act of killing them. I mean, if you take, if you take, if you look at the sub that they went down, it's like, yeah, what? no shit. Like, this is going to come missing. It looks like crap. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the photos of, um, of like the, the out of, uh, extremely out of date, like gaming controller that was used to pilot it? <laughs> I mean, that would be a terrible one. But it doesn't seem like... <laughs> did any of the people who are on it contribute to society in a positive way at all? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even even the one that you could defend, like the academic one, the, the Titanic expert, do we really need to know anything more about the Titanic? Like, <laughs> who gives a shit at this point? How much fucking you're taking, crap you're ta- Yeah, come on. It's, a, it's, it's just a fucking ship that's sick. Like, who cares? So, yeah, we don't really need anything that they, they have to offer, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, their assets would be handy, sure, but other than that. Maybe, yeah, maybe they're stacked. Maybe they've got huge titties. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you said they're assets. What else did you mean by that? Yeah, what could I possibly mean but titties? <laughs> or, or uh, you know, a, a cake. <laughs> <laughs> that's new to me that people say cake for us. Uh, me too, me too. It certainly wasn't something I grew up saying. Um, I'm glad that they're dead. You know this thing really strange? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that strange, but uh, we were walking around Minneapolis. You know, my mom and aunt were in town the last couple of days, so we were walking around Mini, as we say. No, and um, there's this. Al- there's always been this like Catholic charity building that I found like you know kind of obvious. <laughs> Uh, but re- re- recently, I realized it had all the signs had been taken off and it had replaced by something called the Royal Foundation. Okay, mm. <laughs> and guess who? Guess what? The Royal Foundation. Guess who that runs the Royal Foundation? Does it outflows to Minneapolis, Minnesota? Um, prince's estate. No, it's in fact uh, the. It is a prince. Uh, it's the Prince of Wales. Ah, <laughs> and the Duchess the of king. Wales. 
Not the king. The king was the Prince of Wales. He was, but the, then his son became Prince of Wales after that. But when was this established? I don't know. Like, not that long ago. Regardless, the, the, the uh, Prince of Wales is so-called the Prince of Wales now, because that's like the second person who's in line to the British like, throne. Which is really cool. Jesus, your head is state, bro. You think you know a little bit more about this shit. So would you like say that Minneapolis is kind of like the little sister of uh, New York? Mm, no. <laughs> well, because it's kind of like you've got the big apple and then you've got mm. the mini apple This. That's very interesting. Thank you. Have you seen the YouTuber Mark Rober? No. He's a former, I've never watched any of his videos directly either, mm-hmm. but he's a former like NASA engineer or something. He always says that. Um, mm-hmm. But his like whole thing is wearing a, a like backwards baseball cap. And it name? really annoys me. His name's Mark Rober and he's probably in his 40s now and he still has to stick to the same look because that's how YouTube works. Oh, God. That guy looks like a pedophile. He does look like a pedophile, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every YouTuber looks a little bit like a pedophile. Mr. Beast, I would not be surprised <laughs> to learn. Yeah, it definitely has pedophilic uh, energy for sure. I mean, like, he comes across, like, as an extremely, like, sexless person mm. in the documentaries. So it could go either way. Either he's never had sex. And has no sexual desire, or he's... He's molested thousands of children. Yeah. <laughs> and paid them off. Like, that's yeah, his yeah. business model. So. <laughs> his $10,000 I paid $10,000 to a seven-year-old to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he started the whole um, chain of burgers... And maybe I've even seen one. They're called Mr. Beast Burgers, and I've never made the connection before. What? Really? Yeah. The stunt initially was that they would simultaneously open up, like, mm. 20 or so, or even more than that, I'm not sure, quote-unquote Mr. Beast Burger restaurants across America on the same day. This was in the pandemic, and the way that they were doing it was using ghost kitchens. Mm. Um, and I watched quite a, a, another... YouTuber's video about Ghost Kitchen, which is actually quite good, I will say, that does, like, criticise what Mr. Beast did. Because, you know, when you <laughs> is, go on one of those Uber apps, or You know, when you go on, one like, Uber Eats or something, you go uh, on one of those apps and you mm. look at places in your area mm. and you might see, like, a handful of places that you've never heard of before, even though you live there and you've never seen any of these establishments. Yeah. Um, so those are places that usually operate out of a what they call a ghost kitchen where they just go to a premises that has a kitchen they're able to co-opt and use for a number of different restaurants. Mm-hmm. Sure. And this guy who was doing the investigation found like there was one establishment um, out of which they were supplying 44 <laughs> restaurants. That's crazy. <laughs> that don't exist. Um, and they had like crossover of, of menu items. So he ordered like the same item from nine different places because he saw that it was the same ingredients mm. and just got nine identical burgers. <laughs> um, but it, like the, uh, it, they get around order, like, like, should I order, like health. Should I order a Mr. Beast burger right now? 
Yeah, I'm sure they're in your area, aren't they? I'm gonna find out. Keep on talking. Keep on talking. The problem is they can essentially circumvent the like safety standards legislation. Mm. Because if they just get into a kitchen that has cleared the safety standard once, right? They can. They can just serve whatever. Sure. Even if they're introducing ingredients that, you know. Um, Holy shit, that, man! That's great. Uh, no delivery services are available to handle this order at this time. Uh, fuck! Fuck you! Fuck you, Mr. Beast. There are a couple of like genuine brick and mortar Mr. Beasts out there. Oh, uh, there! I can order. I can order delivery. I could order delivery here. Yeah, I can. I can get Mr. Beast. It's not open right now, but I could do it if I wanted to. You should do it. And then kill myself. Do they even have non? Uh, like they do have impossible prayers. Yeah, they do. Well, I got some good news. They're coming to Australia. <laughs> Spot. You don't even eat meat. Smosh co-founders buy back popular video game Let's Play channel 12 years later. So Smosh is back, bro. Remember Smosh? What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, I, don't really, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I want to talk about it. Wait, what, what did <laughs> you, you even say? Smosh? Smosh? Smosh. You should do some research. We can talk about them next time. Smosh. Mm. All right. They're, you, they're YouTubers. They're YouTubers. Research. S M O S H. All right. All right. I think it's time to perhaps check in on our good friend. I think so. So, where did we? I can't. I don't remember anything that you told me that happened last time. I'm going to be honest. Doesn't matter. Just, just tell <laughs> me what happened. Last time. Okay. What's he up to? There's some time spent with Spawn just hanging out in this nondescript background. Just being like, ah, um, I remember my wife's name. It's, it's Wanda Blake. Ah. She didn't take my name. I didn't. I, oh, oh, I'm gonna go find her. I'm gonna go break into the CIA headquarters. There's lots of text. <laughs> well, Spot loves to speak. You know, I understand. Uh, and after after Spot uh, decides to go break into CIA headquarters to see where his wife is living currently, uh, we get uh, the we, we get a little uh, uh, the. A demon, presumably the one that made the deal, the corrupt bargain with uh, Spawn, is laughing about how Spawn is fucked and stuff, you know. And then we, uh, you know, cut back to Spawn, and he is, uh, he turns himself human, which, did that happen at the last issue? Yeah, but he turned himself white. Yeah, yeah, that was the same thing that happened in this one. (laughs) He turned himself into a white man. He goes and knocks on uh, Wanda Blake's uh, door, and Bro, she is fucking banging, you know. She's dressed in this. Who's she banging? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. And you know, Spawn is like, oh my god, I have a huge like Spawn boner right now. Um, but then who runs up? Who runs out? But <laughs> but uh, Wanda's uh, new child. Um, oh shit. Who <laughs> is uh, I think supposed to be eighteen month year, eighteen months old. Um, so post spawn or post uh, Al Simmons getting getting whacked, like Spawn's been dead for five years. That's that's pretty uh, okay, right? So uh, it turns out that uh, <laughs> this is really funny. It did remind me you, you've watched that video of uh, Todd Carlo being like, 
Hi, I'm Todd McFarlane. Have you ever thought about your wife? If you were dead, you'd have to watch your wife get you fucked by your best friend. <laughs> and so that's basically, that's basically what happens is that uh, uh, Al's best friend has made a move on his wife and has put a baby in her. And uh, this is extremely funny, which is uh, Al or uh, Spawn comes to the realization that, you know, they tried to get pregnant when they, during their marriage, but... Uh, and I thought this is very strange, but basically the doctors told them that they couldn't have a child. Um, they weren't specific about who, which part of the sexual relationship was causing the uh, impotence. Um, but <laughs> uh, apparently Al slash Spot always assumed that it was that it was uh, uh, his wife. And then, so he comes to the horrible realization that uh, he was Judy Blake's and he couldn't get his wife pregnant. So, uh, basically, he realizes that he just got completely cocked and that, you know, another man is is giving his wife uh, what, what she always wanted. And that uh, being allowed to see this is the demon's ultimate form of, like, torturing him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he passes out and then he's like, oh, I got to go. And he leaves. And then, um, you know, sometime later, he's back his spawn. And then uh, the violator, remember him? I do. The clown. Uh, comes out to him and is like, ah, the violator, wah, 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 wah. And then uh, he decides to attack spawn. And he pulls out spawn's heart. And it's like, oh, my God, is spawn dead? Is he dead? And the violator's Again? got his heart and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. And it's like, hey, and uh, the violator's like, hey, humans are so easy to kill. And then, oh, my God, Spawn stands back up and is like, well, you see, the violator, I am not quite human anymore. And uh, that's where we leave off uh, with Spawn uh, this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. That's exciting, yeah. I hope he gets out of that scrape in one piece. I hope, I hope that he doesn't. I hope that he doesn't. You want to take a bet? <laughs> a bet? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, uh, I suppose that's it. Uh, is it? Is it not? It is. All right. It well, is it indeed. Another a classic episode for the books. Oh. See you on the flip side. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Oh.